0: Let's open the word to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. We're in the middle of a series. We didn't announce that we're in the middle of a series maybe, but uh, we're in the middle of a series and and I'm calling it the core. Calling it the core because it goes along with our life group uh, statement that we have here at at the church and says, at the core of Big Bear Christians Center our life groups of 3 to 15 people that meet weekly throughout Big Bear Valley empowered by the Holy Spirit through prayer. Their purpose is to make disciples through spiritual growth, community, evangelism, which which results in group multiplication. And so we're going through the principles of why we have said that. Why did we come up with that huge long statement that I'm hoping you'll you'll know. Whether you know it word for word, you'll know and understand what is at the core of Big Bear Christians and what is driving us. And so we've got these banners up now. Uh, six banners. I want to talk about them just briefly. And um, it, it goes along with the core. And they're in order starting back at the at the back left hand side of the sanctuary from where you're sitting um, right above Rob and Jen and it says but the definition says at the core of Big Bear Christian Center are life groups all these signs say life groups of three to 15 people they're small groups and then we meet weekly all over the valley and even off the hill and I believe that's going to happen more and more one of the visions I have is that more and more people as we know they come and they leave but when people leave more and more, we're gonna, we're gonna plant them and to start other cell groups and other churches. But, but the, throughout Big Bear Valley, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that is the first thing. As Christians today, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are gonna be fighting a, a horrible battle if we don't understand that we have the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer. The next thing, we need to pray. We need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we need to be people of prayer. And not just uh, on a Sunday morning, not just on a Saturday night. We have prayer meetings here every Saturday night from 6.30 to 8. Uh, not just then, but, but saturated people saturated in prayer, prayer and fasting. Um, we need to be making, understand that, that our call is to make disciples wherever we go. We're called to not not just make converts. We've made converts in this country for a long time. God is calling us to step it up and make disciples, people who will continue to follow after God. Uh, A a couple years ago, there was a, a church report that came out, and there was only one county in the entire United States that showed actual church growth. That means there was only one county that, that showed real uh, people being saved and added to the number rather than people coming into church at the same time other people left or people leaving one church and going to another. Mm-hmm. We're not in the incline, but we need to become. There's another group out there that's increasing in their numbers, and we need to to fight against that. You know, the Muslim population yes. is, is is rising quickly. Their numbers truly are growing and ours are not. We need to make disciples, not just converts. I'm not preaching a message, so I'll stop. We need to understand about living in community. As Pastor Jeff was talking about the Latinos and all the cell churches, you go, wow, how come those, those, uh, Latin, you know, the Mexican, the Latin churches do community so well? That's because they live in community. They understand what being part of a family is. We have become so isolated and I tell you, it's wrong. It's just wrong. The way we live as Americans, in that sense, it's just wrong. We need to understand about coming together more, carrying each other's burdens, living together in in a bigger, bigger relationship. So we're going to spend some time talking about community. We're going to spend some time talking about evangelism. We need to be out on the streets. We need to be out in the businesses sharing our faith, but it comes through a very natural way. And if we do these things, if we do these things, if we begin to understand that we need to cry out to God, what is it that's hindering me from being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? you me be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and God, it's a free gift, but we can quench the Spirit and not allow Him to move in our life. God, what is it that might be hindering my being empowered by the Holy Spirit? Are we praying, if we become people of prayer, and we begin to make disciples of, of those that are, that are sitting around us, begin to live in community, and, and reach out to the lost, Group multiplication is going to happen. Our life groups are going to expand because you're going to be inviting people and they're going to get so big that you can't fit 30 people in your house. So we're going to, it's just going to automatically happen. And then there'll be a church somewhere going, there's this church in Big Bear. Rather than there's a church in Reseda, there's a church in Los Angeles that has 4,000 cells. There's a church in Big Bear that has 250 cells. Whatever it is, because we're going to be busy about the Father's work. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about getting busy about the Father's work. We need to be busy about His work, and the time is running short. And even if it's not, what if it is? We can't live with the idea. Well, you know, we got a long time still. You know, it's not quite there for the end. What if it is? We're going to let those around us die and go to hell. We're going to let those around us, you know, fall off in the tribulation. This year, we have a, have a goal and a desire as a church congregation. By the end of the year, by the end of the year, we want to have 12 life groups with 12 people in each. By the end of 2012, you're going to hear a lot about that. We're not about numbers, but I tell you, when you're not, when you, when you, when you stop focusing on on the lost, your numbers aren't going to keep growing. We have to understand, we have to grow. We have to reach out beyond ourselves. We're desiring to launch a few more life groups and get them full of people. I can count too many people that I know who are believers that aren't in fellowship. We need to reach out to them and find out why not and reach them and bring them back. Maybe they won't come to a church building, but maybe they'll come to your house. And and, and begin to reach out to those. And I, I know far too many people who don't know Jesus. They need to have that life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And so these are the things that we're doing. And Ed was following me up on that. It was great. And so, hope you like the banners. Man, they came in to yesterday and I was just running like crazy to pick them up before the, the post office closed. They got sent to Pastor Jeff's personal, house email, or personal address. And on Saturday they're only open from one to two, and so and I happened to get the tracking order. Didn't even get the card. I got the tracking notice that they were in, and I'm like, I don't have a yellow card. I don't have his ID. You know, I don't know if you've gone to go pick up a yellow card recently. They're checking IDs. That's part of our fault. Over Christmas, we, our our box got robbed, and they and they went to the post office and turned in our yellow card and got Christmas presents. <laughs> So so they're checking IDs a little bit more, and so, but they didn't check mine. But I knew if, if they did, I'd just get Anita Patton to vouch for me. <laughs> and so, but, but I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about God. I'm excited about what He's desiring to do. And as I'm pressing in in prayer and fasting and, and seeking the Lord's face, I'm, I'm getting to know Him better and deeper once again. This morning, I want to finish up with our last... Last message uh, for for this series about the Holy being empowered by the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter four, because you're still there, you've been waiting patiently, verse seven. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. What a mouthful. God wants us to grow in our faith. He wants us to become perfect, mature, Full, not lacking anything not perfect as in not sinless, sinless but perfect as in mature and full able to be and do that which He's calling us to do and, and to do that He gave gifts to men He ascended and He gave gifts to men and, and we're talking about the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Holy Spirit He also gave gifts of, of the five uh, of the, what we call the fivefold ministry um, in their apostles, prophets, evangelists <clears throat> pastors and teachers he he put these things in line so that the body of Christ would get equipped, and that we would grow. Too often, though, we don't grow. The body of Christ comes together and they play. We you know we, we kind of play church. And there's so much, and I, I'm really tired of hearing because it it's it's. Backfired, I believe. You know, I'm, I'm not religious. I just love Jesus and we don't need the church and, and, you know, we, there's these statements going around that have backfired upon us to what we're really, are we even growing anymore? Are we ma- making any progress in our Christian, Christian faith? You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect, just forgiven. So therefore, I'm not even going to try to live for Jesus and I'm just going to say every time I sin that I'm just, oh, I'm just forgiven. God is desiring that the body of Christ would be built up and edified. And he's put offices, and that's what this is talking about in this passage. He's put people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, so that the saints, which is you and me, can do the works of ministry and the works of service. We had a great discussion in our life group about this. And, 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 and unless, you're, unless you're Catholic, and if you're Catholic or you've fallen under that, they believe that there's only a few saints, And that you have to go through this process and you have to get sainted. Well, I read the Bible and it says that we are the saints of God. We're the saints of God. You know, that you start going, wait, no, don't call me a saint. But the Bible already did. The Bible already called you a saint. So let's live up to it. Let's live up to it. Not because not not that we have to be perfect, but let's go let's start pressing into God and saying, Okay, God, you've called me a saint. I'm not going to sit back, you know, on my duff and go, Oh, you know, and, and, and let the world attack me and let my life be an example of what Christians shouldn't live like. But let's press on and let's grow together. And and that's what we want to talk about it, but how can we do that today? We need the Holy Spirit. We need his gifts operating in our life because the enemy is coming at full force. We need the Holy Ghost in power to combat the enemy. We need the Holy Ghost in power to, to see his works manifested in this society that we live in, in our life. The Lord gave gifts to men. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. We talked about that a few weeks ago, so I'm going to move kind of quick and get to some points here. Um, but what is that? It's empowerment for special acts. God poured out His Holy Spirit when He left. He says, I'm going to send you another. He's going to baptize you with power. And, he, and he's, we've been empowered for special acts of service to God and other believers. And that's the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not for shows. It's not just so we can have a bless me club and have a good time, which happens often in churches that that get the focus wrong. The spirit begins to move and then it becomes an inward focus. But but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is is a gift, different gifts that are to empower us to bring glory to God and to build up the body of Christ. That's what Ephesians four was just talking about. We're supposed to be equipped. We're supposed to be perfected. We're supposed to be growing together. And the saints are supposed to be doing the work to help that happen. Hallelujah. Quickly, this morning, is, is, is this is uh, maybe new information, and uh, it's, it's semi foreign still to some of us in the room of baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you been, haven't been saved very long. Maybe you've been saved a long time, but you came out of a church that didn't talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about, this. I'm not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. There's a difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what begins to happen in your life when you become a believer and you submit to God and you press into Him. And and love is really the overarching gift of the Holy Spirit. Love and then joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, uh, selflessness, patience, self-control. Those, those things begin to come as we press into God. That's the fruit of being a Christian. It's not the fruit of being filled with the Holy Spirit and power. That's the fruit of being a Christian and pressing into God and allowing His goodness and His righteousness to live through our life. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And it's singular. It's not many fruit. It's one fruit. That's what should be happening in all Christians' life. If you're looking at yourself, hopefully you're not looking and judging another neighbor, but but you're but maybe you've looked at someone else and go, man, they, they've been saved for 20 years and I don't see any of the fruit. Something's lacking in their life. Something's lacking in your life. It, it doesn't just automatically happen because you become a Christian. It happens from pressing into the Lord and letting the Lord live through you. But So that's the difference. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but the gifts are about abilities. The gifts of the Spirit that He gave to men, are about abilities, capabilities. Fruit is about character. Gifts are about abilities. Fruit is about character. Gifts are suddenly. Gifts come on. You don't practice a gift. It comes upon you. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 2, says that the apostles were all there, the disciples, all the people, 120, not just the apostles, the disciples were all together in the upper room, and suddenly the Holy Spirit came. It wasn't something they were working on for months, going, I'm going to work at at perfecting this tongue thing. I'm going to get really good at it, and it happened. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit fell, and the gifts began to manifest. Boldness and speaking in tongues. Prophecy in the sense of proclaiming forth the Word of God began to happen suddenly. Fruit is developed gradually. The, The fruit of the Spirit is developed gradually. It doesn't just happen in anybody's life. Now God sometimes will heal somebody in a drastic way, maybe a heart issue, where maybe they were just an angry, angry person, and God breaks that and heals them, and they have more ability to love. But, but really the fruit of the Spirit is a long-term thing that's, and I tell you, it takes a while. It takes a while of letting God live in you, and live His life through you for the fruit of the Spirit to, to ripen. The fruit is the result of a believer abiding in Christ, bearing fruit. Gifts are given suddenly to each as the Lord determines. The Lord determines who, which gift to give each person. <clears throat> That's 1 Corinthians 12.11. So there's differences, but they're connected too. And I want to I pull these together. And, and we, we've got to erase the mindset. I want to I erase the mindset this morning for anyone in this room who says... I just really don't need the gifts. I don't need the gifts of the Spirit. i got the fruit of the Spirit. I've got love. And, and I'm growing in that. And I don't want to be part... God has something for us that He wants us to live in. He wants us to be empowered for works of ministry, for service, for bringing Him glory. But, but the connection in this is 1 Corinthians 13. Now, it, when you're reading in, in Corinthians, you get 1 Corinthians 12, which is all about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, all about spiritual gifts. First Corinthians thirteen is about love. Why did they put that there? You know, God knows what He's doing when He puts, you know, when He when He puts His hand to the man and says, "Write this down in this order." Love is got to be in the middle of everything that drives us, especially when we're talking about the manifestation of the gifts of God. Too many people get they're they're only concerned about the manifestations and they only want prophecy, but they're not being led and governed by love for one another. But love doesn't. Doesn't exempt the spiritual gifts. The fruit of the spirit doesn't exempt them. It's supposed to be packaged together. We're supposed to be people who are governed by the Lord and have the fruit of the spirit manifest in our lives, but who also walk in spiritual gifts. Are you still there? Shh. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> If I speak with the tongues of men and with angels, but have not love. I am nothing. It doesn't matter which spiritual gifts you have, if you're not walking and acting and living in love, then it's a waste. We're nothing. It's just like a clanging brass, the Bible says. But oh I love the butts. Most of the time we need to get our butts out of the way, but sometimes we need to put our butt right in there. And I love it. And I'm going to get to this a little bit more. But 1 Corinthians 12:31, it says, talks about all being apostles and prophets. And it goes, it went through a great section on, on gifts of spirit. But it says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Right there is going to shake some of your beliefs. Can I desire the gifts of God? We feel like we shouldn't do that. The Bible tells us in two different places, and and Luke, it says to ask, we're supposed to desire the gifts, the, the gifts of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to seek them and say, God, give them to me. Give me the best gift. He wants us to be empowered. He wants us to walk in power. He would not have told the disciples, you know, I'm going and I'm done and everything's all, all accomplished here. But before you go and do what I've commissioned you to do, wait until you're clothed with power from on high. Until the Holy Spirit comes upon you if it wasn't important. It's important. Clothed in love. Quickly, uh, uh, I'm going to just go through some of the gifts and where they're at. Um, and, but I just thought it would be interesting to hear some of them. This is, is uh, out of Romans 12, chapter, chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. It talks about the gift of prophecy. Now, now prophecy, uh, th- there's two kinds of prophecy. And one you have to be very wary of. And the other is, is, um, is what I believe we'll see in the church more often. There is foretelling. That means you're going to tell about something that's going to happen in the future. Now that's one to be very wary of. Judge it, test it. Be very wary. You know, predicting the future that's 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 it. But the other the other thing that prophecy means is forthtelling, telling forth what God is, what He's doing, speaking forth the word for right now of God, speaking the word of God, under the power of the Holy Ghost. In Romans, we talk about there's a the gift of serving. Now, there's people who, who, who have it in their nature to serve, but there's also the spiritual gift of like, wow, that person serves. It's a spiritual gift as well as it can be a natural gift. Teaching. There's a, there's a spiritual gift of teaching. There's a lot of teachers in the world, there's hundreds of teachers up here in the school district. But there's a spiritual gift of teaching that can come upon somebody that when they open their mouth, to begin to expand the, expand the Scriptures, that the anointing falls and people get set free and understand in a different way. A spiritual gift of exhortation. Anyone can stand up and exhort. But there's a spiritual gift that comes upon people that when they exhort, something happens. Come on, all of you have exhorted someone, your kids, someone else. You should do this and you should do that with no fruit. But when it's the Spirit of God coming, there's a conviction that comes with the Holy Spirit and it's a spiritual gift. When you're dealing with somebody and need to exhort them or encourage them, would you rather be just a great uh, speech that encourages or does that or would you rather have the power of God cutting through the heart, getting rid of everything else, speaking directly to the spiritual man? Giving. Giving is a spiritual gift. There are some people who are just... Able to give way above and beyond so much. Leadership. Mercy. In 1 Corinthians 12, we see another list. There's a word of wisdom. And a word of knowledge. I believe the word of wisdom is, is wisdom that's supernatural. That, that to, to do something in a certain situation, that maybe the rest of the world will say, that's just unwise. But because it's supernatural... And it could even, I mean, it could come and, and invade even a physical side, side. A word of wisdom could come to somebody and say, listen, I want to bless and prosper you today. You're, tr- you're, you're trading in the stock market. I want you to go trade this company. And you're hearing this from God going, okay, why? That company's taking a dump. You know, just, it's just bad. It's diving. It's going down. And God might say no. And you get a word of wisdom that says, trade that. Everything in natural wisdom would say, no, stay away. But God knows what's happening. Wisdom. Somebody might come up to you and share that. Shannon, my wife, has a spiritual gift of wisdom. If you've spoken with her, she just and it just comes out of her sometimes and amazes me, and it amazes people. But it's not natural. She'll be the first one to say that's not natural wisdom. She's even said a few times, you know, telling her she's in in kids' zone this morning. She goes, you know, I I don't even know if I I don't think I have a lot of natural wisdom, but I listen to her sometimes, and the things that come out of her mouth are uh, ordained from God. Word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. A supernatural word of knowledge that would be maybe something that's happening in somebody's life that there's no way to know and God will give it to you. A, a spiritual gift of faith. Gifts of healings. Miracles and miraculous powers. Again, we find in for Corinthians the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of distinguishing between spirits. We need that gift We really need that gift. We need all these gifts. But I think of so many times that that we're counseling or we're dealing with people and and we need to distinguish the spirit of whether it's a spirit, like an evil spirit vexing somebody, or if it's a mental illness or an issue like that. We need to have that. And the only way to really know that is by a gift of the Holy Spirit. Distinguishing between spirits. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, it says that He appointed Certain gifts he appointed so he want God Jesus appointed certain gifts to be in the church in the church And I'm not talking the building but in the body of Christ That's the church and he appointed that there would be apostles he appointed that there should be prophets that there should be teachers he appointed That there should be miracles I, I read this for a new way pastor Jeff this the, you know, I read this in a new way. I went He appointed that there should be miracles in the church. It's not just, here's a gift if you want it. He's saying, I'm appointing this to happen. Let's start listening and let's start walking in these things. He appointed different kinds of healings. He's appointed helps at administration and tongues. So these aren't just out there. He was desiring us to walk in the gifts and the power of the Holy Ghost. 1 Peter 4 talks about whoever speaks... And it's talking about speaking as a gift to the Spirit or even, again, serving, rendering service as a spiritual gift. Now, quickly, I want to clarify, a lot of these things are natural also. A lot of these things can be natural. Some people are just real wise people. Some people give. Some people serve. So, Like we talked about, exhort. But there's a spiritual ability, a capability that God can put on people to do supernatural ways. That's what we want to tap into. Because the world will not be changed in the natural. Lives don't get changed long term in the natural. They get changed in the supernatural. There's a few other gifts talking about, and I've, I've seen in the Bible. Uh, martyrdom. Just a one-time gift. And... Um, there's another gift that's, that you find in, in the Bible, is called, it's called celibacy. I got, God gave me that gift, I gave it back. Um, but, but there's other things. But as you read, what you, what you actually find is there's other gifts. God can do a new thing. He can give a gift in whatever time He wants. If we were limited to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, hear me, then every time you read about the lists of the gifts of the Spirit, they would match entirely. He would be limit. He would say, "These are the gifts," and he would bring it in, and it would be tied up in a nice little bow. But he didn't do it that way because there can be there can be other supernatural gifts. I believe, and let's watch for those. Amen. So he's given gifts to men. What What's the purpose? What's the purpose? First purpose is for power. Everyone say power. Power. God gives gifts. He baptizes with the Holy Spirit and gives gifts to men, so that we, His church, can walk in power. Amen. We need to walk in power. <coughs> Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive. Hour when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth Just a sl- just a small distance to the left from there John 1412 John 1412 Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, He will do also. And greater works than these, He will do because I go to my Father. And if you just stop there, you go, well, that's you know, Jesus went away and we get power. No, keep reading. Keep reading a little bit longer. In 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will, be, and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He's speaking about the Holy Spirit. You're going to have power to do greater things. Now, I can't even begin to wrap my mind around greater things than what Jesus did on this earth. And I'm not going to try to explain it. I've heard different commentaries and some say, well, he's talking about numerically. He'll do more. More miracles than what he did. And and I don't know. I don't know if that's what he's talking about or not. More or the, the same and more or even greater. I don't know how much greater you can get. But he said it's going to happen. Power. We see in the, in the, in the book of Acts, and again, the... The Book of Acts, for me, is a new title. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit showing up and doing miraculous things time and time and time again. But in, chapter, in Acts chapter 6, we, we meet a character named Stephen. He's not in there for very long because he had the gift of martyrdom. And it says in verse 5 that it was the time that, that uh, the, the apostles were you know, getting dragged away and having to, to make decisions on who's going to get bread and having to do the distribution of bread. And they said, We need to pick men. Full of the Holy Spirit and appoint them to the service. And I go, you know what the qualification is to pass out bread? Be full of the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, bread. Would you like to get out some bread? You got to get filled with the Holy Spirit first. Everything we do is about being full of the Holy Spirit. Men full of the Holy Spirit. And it said in, in, in verse 5 that, that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. And in verse eight, it says he was a man full of God's grace and power. So, being full of the Holy Spirit is also about being full of power. God wants to give us power, power to overcome the enemy, power to walk in miracles and in faith. In First Corinthians two 4. 1 Corinthians two four, Paul writing to the church in Corinth says, "My message and preaching." We're not with wise and persuasive words. A lot of scholars believe that he, he wasn't very eloquent. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You know, we spend... And I'm part of we. I'm part of we. We spend so much time trying to convince other people to be saved. And God wants it to be with power. You know, when somebody gets touched by God you don't have to say much. God's done something. When somebody sees a miracle, when they get a word of wisdom, you don't need wise and persuasive words. And, and if you can convince somebody to become a Christian, somebody smarter than you can convince them to become a Muslim. It's not about here. It's not about being convinced with wise and persuasive words. But when God, through the Holy Spirit, comes and does a dynamic work In dunamis power, exploding power, lives are changed. When dynamite goes off, things change. And that's the word in the Greek for power dynamite, dunamis, things change. We're praying for the fire to fall down. When fire comes and burns through a place, things change. So, the purpose of the gifts is for power, it's also for spiritual warfare. It's also for spirit. We live in a spiritual world. How many angels are there? Innumerable, right? Innumerable. As many as the stars in the sky and the sands in the sea. There's a lot of angels. How many demons are there? A third of innumerable. That's a lot of demons. We live in a spiritual world surrounded by spiritual beings. And we do not, the Bible says, we do not wage war as the world does. Go Ephesians six, ten through eighteen. Talks about the spiritual world that we live in and how to battle it. Comes through the word, comes through faith, comes through truth. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. We forget this. I forget this too often. You know, I'm. I, and maybe it's the being a guy and having to do things and be controlling and whatever else. Things come up and I just want to solve it. Things happen in my life. I'm going to solve the problem. I'm going to fix things. So often... We're re- I'm wrestling against the wrong issue. It's a spiritual issue. You know, even, even this week, I was reminded of that again. Somebody called and said, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Could you pray? Yeah. Rather than trying to solve somebody's problems, That's right. let's pray. Let's ask God to do something mighty in the spiritual realm. Amen. Praying, verse 18, closing all the helmet of salvation, the whole thing, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit." Pray in the Spirit. We don't know, we don't know, when we're praying in the Spirit, we don't know what we're praying. Or we're being led in different directions. Sometimes we're praying in tongues. We're being led in a spiritual way because we don't know how to pray. It's a supernatural thing coming on. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're praying and maybe you're just praying, you know, bless, bless Susie and bless Danny and help them. And all of a sudden you just get this thing and you start praying for this subject. And you're like, wow. And you don't know why. And then you get done and you're like, that was weird. <laughs> it's a Spirit moving you to pray and intercede it's a spiritual gift there's other times where you don't know how to pray and so all we can do if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit you'd pray in the heavenly language that God has given you and pray in tongues 2 Corinthians 10 I've given a lot of scriptures tonight, and I know that one of the, There's different rules in preaching, which depending on which which uh, you you line yourself up with. But you know, some say don't give too many scriptures, you know, because it can really you know hinder people. There's too much. I want to make sure we all understand that this is a biblical foundation, Amen. that the Holy Ghost is not just you know some denominational thing that we say, oh we believe in this, and the Bible is chock full of examples and the idea of being filled with power, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And why Second Corinthians ten three through five, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now listen, you got to hit this this differentiation right here. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So That means they're not in the flesh. You would think that they'd say they're spiritual, right? They're not carnal. They're spiritual. Opposite. Usually, when you say it's not this, it's this. It's not carnal. They are. Mighty. Mighty. So they're not carnal, they're mighty. So when you're in the Spirit, the works are mighty. They're not just spiritual, they're powerful, they're mighty. We don't wage warfare, we don't do things the way the world does. We shouldn't. Too often we do. But we're not supposed to. And when, when we don't do it in the carnal and we do it in the Spirit, it's mighty. That is good news to us. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How many in here's biggest enemy is your mind? The things you think. We have stinking thinking and we've got to get rid of it. And the way we get rid of it is to live in the spiritual and we pull down those strongholds and we make it line up with the Word of God. But we need the Holy Ghost in power to do that. Purpose of the gifts. He wants to give us power. He wants us to walk in spiritual warfare. Drying out and dehydrating. And He wants us to walk in boldness. He wants us to walk in boldness. We're not supposed to live as the cowardly church. We're supposed to be bold as lions. And I know we're not. We've done we've done events in different places and and I want to tell you I believe it's, the, the, it's God who's given me a spirit of boldness. In school, when I was in school, I took F's on almost every one of my oral reports. I hated speaking in front of people. I was shy. I was backwards. But when, the, when I got saved and the Holy Ghost came upon me, He began to not just lead me, push me uh, into things that would make me uncomfortable. And as I, would, uh, as I would serve Him and be obedient, He would give me the boldness that I would need. And sometimes we, we've done things where we'd say, Hey, we're going to take the whole church. Everyone's excited, you know. Maybe a great service. to have Pat, uh, Mark Johnson coming to evangelize. We're gonna take the whole church, and we're gonna go out to the corner for our tonight service. Instead of meeting here at the building, we're gonna go out at the corner. We're gonna do the same thing we do. We're just gonna do it one block away at the corner. And five people out of the twenty-five or thirty or fifty would show up. You know, but they're always there on Sunday nights. But they were afraid to go and meet at the street corner. We hide behind our little blinders in our wall. We're safe in the church. We need to let the church, the body of Christ, go out there more. But in order to do that, we need to have the Holy Spirit in boldness to give us that strength. And He does. Peter, Pastor Jeff, preached an amazing message on the transformation of the life of Peter. The difference between pre-Holy Ghost and post-Holy Ghost. And that was the difference. Peter was following and walking with Jesus for three years. And he denies Him. And he questions Him. And he has all these issues. Forty days later, three years wasn't enough, but something happened 40 days that made it enough that he could preach to thousands and risk being killed. It wasn't the 40 days it was the Holy Spirit that came, because you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and He'll give us boldness. Acts chapter four is a great uh, uh, passage. They're they're praying. The disciples are all together. You can turn there. I'm going to read. Um, and the disciples are all praying, and they're they're needing wisdom and they're needing um, boldness to to preach the word. And it says, uh, so I'm going to start in 7. And this is part of their prayer. This is the the disciples' prayer. Now, this is the same group of disciples who have already been filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? They've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. And they say in verse 27, Truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness... They may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're pretty bold. They're asking for signs. They're asking for, for gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifest. We're supposed to pattern our lives even after the disciples and follow what they've done. They're praying, God, do miracles. Stretch out your hand. Heal. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were already filled, but they got filled again. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. After I'm done with my lemonade, I'm going to fill it up again. Because when you pour it out and it's used, it gets empty. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost so we can actually go out and make a difference in people's lives and speak the Word of, with boldness. When we go into our workplaces, when we go into the store, when we go wherever we go, speaking with boldness, remembering always love is in the middle of all these things, but then also praying to say, God, I desire a spiritual gift so that my words that are bold can now be accompanied by Your power. Amen. So that lives can truly be changed. And we won't just have bold, persuasive, wise words. We'll have bold words that get accompanied with the power of God. His purpose for power, for spiritual warfare, and for boldness. His purpose on these gifts is about building up the body of Christ and giving Him glory. And that's the only purposes of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not about us, other than to be built up and to become perfect, not lacking anything. We need to know too this morning not just the purpose of the gifts, but that these gifts are for you. We really need to know everyone in this room, old and young, saved a short time, saved a long time. It's a gift. It's not earned. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for every one of us. Acts 2.39 As Peter preached... The Holy Ghost message and tied in Joel where he says in in the latter days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So that's what separates the old from the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Holy Spirit would come on certain people for certain works and then be done. But in the in the New Testament, he says in the latter times, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Say all flesh. All flesh. That's us. All flesh. Pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your Your old man will dream dreams. He ties that scripture into there out of Joel in his, in his sermon. And at the end of his sermon, he says, this promise is for you, verse 239, Acts 239. This promise is for you and your children and who are for, all, for all who are far off and for all whom the Lord God will call. All. You underline all. 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 You, your children, All. And I, and I was reading in this, in this passage again. I went, oh, there's an escape clause. Some of you found it. Did you find the escape clause? Uh, all who the Lord God will call. He didn't call me to walk in that. He didn't call me to walk in that. The problem, the problem with that is that 38 is part of 39. And 38 is talking about being saved. He's tying both salvation... And the Holy Spirit into the same promise. All who call the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's tying that promise. Acts two thirty-eight. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That whole promise is for you. It's not just salvation. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is a gift, and the Holy Spirit is a gift, but they're two different gifts. I want to tell you, the gift of the Holy Spirit does not in any way, shape or form, supersede the gift of salvation. There is no greater gift than being saved. No greater gift. Let us never exalt being filled with the Holy Spirit above our salvation. And that's easy to do. But, God has something more. He wants us to walk in power. He wants us to walk in boldness. He wants to overcome in spiritual warfare. And this gift is for us. And 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one, which I already read, and 1 Corinthians 14, 1, say to us that we can desire spiritual gifts. If you're feeling unspiritual, saying, I just don't feel right about this, read it, read it, read it, read it until you go, you know, the Bible keeps telling me, you read it 20 times, say, Man, the Bible just told me 20 times to desire spiritual gifts. Whatever's blocked, you say, God, I desire them. What, what do you want to give me? I want to walk in your power. I want to walk in whatever you have for me. I believe truly that in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, when it says, earnestly desire the best gift, I really believe that the best spiritual gift, and you probably have always wondered which one's the best. Because, I mean, you know, prophecy's pretty cool. You know, word of knowledge is really cool when you go up to somebody and tell them something about themselves that nobody else knows. That's really cool. I mean, that's it, happened. And you go, which one's the best? Here's the best one the best spiritual gift, you want get your notes, is the spiritual gift that's needed in the moment. It's the spiritual gift that's needed in the moment. Because God wants you to walk in what's needed in the moment. He's not, just, he's not just limited to saying, you get one gift only and that's all you ever get. If that was the case, He would never say, desire spiritual gifts and eagerly desire the best gift. He would say, be content with whatever spiritual gift you've given. Isn't that you get to desire the best gift and the best gift is what's needed? If, if, if Rob comes in one morning and his leg's broken and, and I, I walk up to him with the word of knowledge and says, brother, I just feel like the Lord's telling me that you have pain in your leg. <laughs> that's not real spiritual and it's not gonna help him much. But if I walk up to him and touch his leg and say, in the name of Jesus be healed and his leg is healed, that's the best gift. Eagerly desire the best gift. Desire the spiritual gifts. God's got a gift. He says, go and wait till you're endued with power from on high. Ask God and He will He not give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask. He's wanting us to walk in the fullness and we're living in dark days. We're living in dark days and we need, we need all... This is a scripture and I want to have just a a few minutes of of time to come forward and pray. I don't believe you have to beg God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says you have to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There was times in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands. Let's go ahead and play that song. John 7.37 says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit. I want to give an opportunity as we close to just come and spend some time at the altar and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit baptize me in your Holy Spirit. As we sang this morning, fire fall down. We prayed for the wind of the Spirit to come. That's a being filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. You might be in the place where maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've asked and... But well, maybe it's, it's been quenched and, and things haven't been moving in your life like they once were. We can come back and say, God, show me. Show me what I'm lacking. Show me, show me how I've quenched the Holy Spirit in my life. Let's go ahead and start that over again, would you? Let this song minister to you as we take a step even of action and call people forward to, to pray. God, me with the Holy Spirit, as, as you're done praying... If you can be free to free to leave and, and move on. We'll just spend a little bit of time here in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. are thirsty? Are you thirsty for the Lord this morning? We watched away In the wings of empathy This deep cry is out too deep To say, Come, Lord Jesus, come Receive the Lord this morning As He pours Himself out upon you Come, Lord Jesus, come to all who are thirsty, and all who are weak. Come to your fountain. Power in their lives God, power in the Holy Ghost To overcome all obstacles Power in the name of Jesus To pull down strongholds Power in the name of Jesus To fight the enemy Power to transform lives In the name of Jesus Power Fill them Fill them Come Holy Spirit Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, God, Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. for God. Fill her in the name of Jesus. Baptized with power and strength, authority and boldness. Pulling down every stronghold in the name of Jesus. Touching every hidden area of her life. Touching every hidden area of her life in the name of Jesus. Every name. Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh God. Jesus. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for my brother. Thank you, God, for Gary. God, let's refill him, God. Oh, Jesus. Meet him this morning, God.